Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello and welcome to Breaking News Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and I had an opportunity to speak with award-winning political commentator and comedian Kamau Bell. He's here to talk to me about his new docuseries, We Need to Talk About Cosby, which premiered January 22nd at Sundance and will premiere on Showtime and VOD on 30 January, where you'll be able to watch it then. It's a great conversation. I had a lot of fun, and I hope you will, too. I'll be back with you after the break. Do not edit this. A lot of people knew. Because you can't do what he did unless you have other people supporting what you're doing. Spanish fly. The girl would drink it and hello, America. Bill Cosby had been one of my heroes. I'm a black man, stand-up comic, I was born in the 70s. But this... More trouble for Bill Cosby. The accusations just keep coming in. This was complicated. How do we talk about Bill Cosby? Uh-uh. It's complex, Kamal, you know. Bill Cosby was our teacher. Kind of center of morality all throughout his career. Made my grandmother laugh, made everybody in the house laugh. You can't speak about black America in the 20th century and not talk about Bill Cosby. Thank you. On that set, I saw black writers. Mal, how are you doing? Directors. Did you ever want his job? I'm in it, man. You're in it? <laughs> I'm, deep, I'm deep in it. You're deep in it. I'm uh, um, through the looking glass. Let's just get right into it. So my name is Brandon Jones. I am a contributor to LRM Online. And I wanted to talk to you because I saw the trailer for We Need to Talk About Cosby. Uh, and then um, some folks were fortunate enough to give me a screener for it. And the funny thing about it is, as people were handed iPads in the beginning, they watched clips and they, whew, they had that. Mm-hmm. That was me as I was watching mm-hmm. this documentary. Um, mm-hmm. My wife was watching with me. We were just, we were. Oh, good. It was, whew, it was impactful. Yeah. So you've yeah. done a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's the, that's, you've done a thing. That's, you, you did a, thing. I respect the, the nuance of that. Seriously, the, 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 the unpacking that you've done a thing. Yes, I have done hey, a thing. I word good. I try. I try. Um, yeah. Yeah. Question for you about this, though. So, you know, the idea of what you said, you you said, you know, we need to have a conversation. And mm-hmm. how do you go from having like a, a kitchen table conversation or a conversation with friends or texting with your friends to like, no, 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 we're going to we're going to do this. And so you've come and you've directed this massive four part documentary about this. How do you get from that stage in the beginning to where you are now? I mean, I think, you know, you can text your friend and be like, hey, what do you think about this? And they go, I don't know. And then you go, ha ha, LOL, whatever. And then you can call your friend and be like, hey, can we talk? And your friend goes, oh, okay. Like you you can let your friend know, I want to have a bigger conversation about something. And your friend respects that and goes, and sometimes it's like, 
let's get on. I need time to talk to you on the phone, you know, make sure that the kids are asleep, whatever it is, or let's go out to dinner and really talk and be really have a, have a separate experience or let's go to come to my house. And so that's the way I approach this. If you reach out to somebody, go, Hey, can we talk about this? This, can we talk about Bill Cosby in these ways? And you sort of let them know that these are the parameters I want to discuss it. It still becomes a conversation, if not between friends, I wasn't friends with everybody, but a conversation with people who actually want to have a really good conversation. Okay. So it's less than, it's less of me interviewing you. I mean, there are some times that it's like, what year did this happen? But most of it is like, how did you feel about that? Right. What did you think? What was the first time you fell in? What was the first time you, Bill Cosby came into your life? What would describe those experiences that it's like, you have to, and that's what the doc is, is like, I wanted to, we wanted to create a space for a conversation that we felt like wasn't really happening like that, that maybe most of it is happening online between people who never will never meet each other and are pretending to be people other than who they are, you know, or mm. it's happening with your friends, but you're only having one aspect of it, because that's the only aspect you feel like you can talk about it with your friend. So this is sure. like, the thing about this doc that I wanted to do is like, and there's two sort of there's two documentaries that are really like tent, like sort of like, or a like the touchstones of this doc one is oj simpson made in america by ezra edelman because it was mm. like who thought they wanted a seven and a half hour oj doc before that came out right. like that wasn't like that's not something you're like ooh, seven and a half hour oj doc i can't wait but you press play on it and within a few minutes you're like oh just immersed. okay all right then you're like why isn't it 14 hours you know <laughs> and then the same with like then the other doc is Surviving R. Kelly, which in some ways I didn't want to watch at all, but felt like it was my duty. And it was like a, like me and my friend Kevin Avery talk about black homework. It was black people homework. You right. have to watch this if you want to be in the conversation and part of the culture. So, you know, so those two documentaries, I felt like were like talking about situations that in some ways are similar to Bill Cosby, but in many ways completely different because neither one of those black men were heroes in the way that Bill Cosby was a hero. And they also, neither one of those black men, I mean, maybe OJ a little bit, but they weren't like, well, no, this is, they weren't creating content for kids that those kids would then take into their heart and then grow up and feel like the guy I knew as a kid, I can't, it's hard to divorce from the person I'm finding out he is as an adult. Right. Um, and yeah, I, to be quite honest, that was part of what made this so hard to watch is you talked about being a Cosby kid and I'm, in that same era of somebody that grew up with him and inculcated a lot of the things that he said and talked about and watched on his show. And so this is a reckoning because this is the person that he's mm -hmm. always been. This isn't, mm -hmm. so you talked about OJ, like that was a thing that he, he did or didn't do, right? Like depending mm -hmm. on how you feel about it, this is who Cosby has yes. always been. Yeah. That's what makes it so frightening to me. Yeah. No. And that's what it was important. Even for me, like a lot of this is about what I learned through the making of this documentary. I think that like people who, even if you believe the women and at some point you decided you believe the women or accepted that these things were true, maybe you didn't read every article all the way to the end. Maybe you just read some headlines. Maybe you would see it on the news and be like, ugh, and turn it off because you just, because who wants to take that information in? So in that, you maybe have reduced it to like, this is a horrible situation where he raped and sexually assaulted these women. But in your mind, maybe it's like 61 night stands and it all took place in the late 90s to the early 2000s. Because you're just like, that's when I kind of started hearing about it. So that's probably when it took place. Right. But then when you went, then when you sit down, and this is what I found out that like the first allegations go all the way back to the very close to the early days of his career. Right. So this is not about like a guy who went through a bad period or a guy who did it for, did it for a, a finite period of time. This, these allegations, and it was important for us to show 
look through the whole straight and that's where the timeline comes in to go we showed you this one woman in Victoria Valentino but that's not even all from that period and that story is horrible and right. so to really go this is can you accept the fact that the this that these women these allegations go all the way back to the to the early stage of his career and these women had gained nothing from telling the story because American society says if you're a woman who's been sexually assaulted and rape the cops won't believe you they will blame you your community might not believe you or they might believe you but think it was your fault there's no there's not a lot of positives from coming out as a as a survivor of sexual assault and rape right um one of the things you just talked about with regard to that timeline made something pop in my head about uh, a support structure. And one of the guests you had on there talked about the fact that other people knew. And so given that you found out that this timeline went so far back, how did you feel understanding that, that basically there was no way that he could have done this without so many people around him knowing about this? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that like, this is where we get into the conversation about how show business works and specifically, mm -hmm. especially the era that he came into show business. And, you know, we, some of the things we do we, without even really VO, you just show clips of movies and you're like, oh my God, like <laughs> Sean Connery physically takes a woman, spins her around, says man talk, slaps her on the ass and pushes her away. And he apparently hit her so hard on the butt that he hurt his arm. He rubs his arm after she walks away. And you're like, that's the hero of the movie. Right. You know, so like the idea being that, like, that's the guy we're rooting for. And so then you go this and Roland Martin is in here talking about the 60s was a time where men could have married men, rich, successful married men in Hollywood could have several affairs. And it was just sort of like, boys will be boys. It was no big deal. And so I think a lot of this, I go, the, you know, when they set up Hollywood, they didn't go before we get started on making movies and television. Where do we put the human resources department? Like, that's not what the concern was. It was about, like, we make dreams and we have a good time while we're making dreams. And so I think there is a there is a tendency in Hollywood to say we deserve to have a good time and live in ways that we would not live if we were accountants at the local at the, you know, at a at a small business in, in Davenport, Iowa, you know, wow. okay. we we have earned the right to we have these are the spoils of making dreams. And I think then a lot of what and I think a lot of what Cosby did gets filed under infidelity, especially in the early days. Mm. But, you know, and so the, and and also a lot of how show business works is that if you're what they call a below the line employee, somebody whose job is like, just make sure this plug doesn't get unplugged. Your your part of your job is to look the other way. It is right. none of your business. Don't worry okay. about it. And so if you see something, there's no HR department that you know of. So who do you tell? But also you've been told this is not what you're supposed to tell. So maybe things are happening that you're actively not looking at. So you can't even see what's really happening. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a frightening thought um, to be in that position and feel like just for fear out of losing your job, you just won't say anything at all. Mm -hmm. um, how has I think the that is still, I, I don't think that's gone. I don't think we've lost that. I don't think that's completely out of the industry. I think that sure. a lot of times we, in the same way that like some people think 2020 actually was a racial reckoning. Some people think me too solved everything. And I think the, the, you know, Toronto Burke would tell you that it, that's a, that's an ongoing process. It is not something that has been, that it's not settled law, as they say, as we know right. in this country, nothing is settled law. I mean, I feel like those are the same people in 2008 that said racism is gone. Right. Exactly. But there's a, there's a way in which America weaponizes uh, 
uh, good things for evil. <laughs> you know, so like, yeah. the, so the winning of a black president becomes like no more racism. Wait, that's not that's not how that's that not works. how this works. <laughs> and you know, even Cosby in that way is like one black guy with a hit show on television means that black people have achieved something. When really it's about like one guy with a hit show on television. Yeah. Um, prior to this coming out at Sundance, you've had the opportunity to show this to friends and family. And I feel like those are the people who uh, may have the strongest reactions to this. What was their reaction like? It's funny. That really was like, the, like when we first had the early cuts, the earliest uh, versions of this, my VO was not in it. And there was a sense that like I would show it to my wife and she was like, okay, I see where you're going for, but it's not really all hanging together. <laughs> so like my wife, Melissa was like, you know, and I was like, ta-da. And so really it was a lot of those conversations with friends and family. One of my good friends, uh, uh, actually Kate Schatz, who I'm co-authoring a book with about, uh, in, about uh, an anti-racist workbook called Do the Work. She saw it and she was like, yeah, she was really like, I feel like it needs more you in it. And I was like, mm. you know, you sort of want to be like, but I'm, it's not about me. It's about these other people. And then at some point it got to showtime and they're like, it needs more you in it. And I was like, well, I've heard this message from so many people now. Maybe it's maybe it's not maybe it's me and not them who needs to listen. So sure. that's the process of really friends and family is like showing it to people and, and getting some like, I know what you're capable of. I know what you told me this is. This is not that yet. And so okay. I remember when we finally, in, finally at one point I showed, we started to lay my VO in and with like, we, one of the few times we actually all got to be in the room, like uh, the couple of producers and the editor were in LA and me and my wife had gone to LA to work on this. This is in the middle of COVID. We felt, during that period of time, we feel like, I think it's safe. You know, <laughs> remember the good old days? Yeah. Uh, we went to LA and she watched it in the room and it was the first time she was like, that's it. Like that's, and that was with my VO with a more personal opening. It didn't used to have a personal opening. Yes. And it was like, that's, there it is. And I felt like, okay, you know, and at that point we were working over a year. So it took that long for my wife to be like, I, now you're doing the thing that you told me you were doing. Sure. Um, and I got to say that like that opening, it, it sells it because the way that you say, you know, I'm a child of Cosby, you say it as a joke, but I immediately was like, yeah, like I remember mm -hmm. growing mm -hmm. up in that era, like the Jello pudding pops and like yeah. all the commercials and fat out like, yeah. That's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, and I, the, the the great thing about it be, being a comedian is I can handle this material in a way that like other documentary filmmakers can't. Right. They don't have access to that kind of tone, and they have access to different tones that make their things. I think it's all good, but to me, it felt like the, when I sort of embraced the fact that I can say my name is W. Kamau Bell. I'm a stand-up comedian. You know that therefore this information is going to come. There may be parts of this that come from the from a comedian's idea of how this works. Sure. As a comedian, as somebody who this is, it seemed like it was very personal, right? Like okay. some of what Cosby does was at the nucleus of who you are as a comedian and as a person. Um, I, there was a part where Jerry Seinfeld was like, yeah, I can, I can still watch. I can separate it. How do you feel about that? I mean, you know, we've spent, me and the people who worked on this project have spent like the I was gonna say two years. It's been way more than two years because the pandemic's been two years. It's been like over <laughs> like three years. Yeah. Time isn't time. a thing anymore. Don't worry. We have it. really understood. We have if if nothing has taught us that time is an illusion, it's a global pandemic that we created time. Time doesn't care about time, our conception of time. So uh so over you've been we've been looking at the truth for over three years. And even from the very early days, when we knew what we were doing, we we're gonna talk about the rapes and the assaults that we believe he did, and we're also gonna talk about the his career and and the good things that he did. 
I would hear there would be regular conversations like I was listening to, to one of his albums this morning and I just found my, like trying to find a good clip for the doc and I started laughing, laughing I started enjoying yeah. it or I was or I was going through clips of the Cosby show and I there's still good that stuff is still funny it's still good and so I've been wrestling with that for years but really this doc really put me in a direct wrestling match with it when we did the section of the doc that's about the Cosby show we are lovingly and I am lovingly praising that show and what I thought was good about that show. There is no sort of like equivocation on it. However, I'm also admitting, here's what was going on while the show was going on. Right. So for me, like, I can't sit here and tell you I'm never gonna watch a Bill Cosby clip again and laugh, but I can tell you that I'm not gonna let that laugh make me forget about what I what I know and believe to be true about him. I, you know, I would imagine there might come a point that I will show one of my, my three daughters, one of my three daughters, the clip from the Cosby show, the nighttime is the right time, the Ray Charles lip sync. Yeah. That is like such a quintessential part of black culture. But I also talked to her about I'll, in an age appropriate way, who, who this man was off camera and why we have to be careful and not think that just because somebody does a good thing, that they're a good person. Cause I also wanted to be clear to my daughter, if to all my daughters, if someone ever rapes or sexually assaults you there is one man i you can know you can come to who will have your back and who will believe right you. right well i cannot wait until this documentary comes out because uh i would desperately like to have this conversation with my friends and my family like especially my parents who i grew up yeah. watching the cosby show with and that's going to be that's gonna be a hell of a conversation um well, that's the, that's the most important part of this. We need to talk about Cosby conversations, the conversations that come out of this, not the conversation we have in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I know this is going to premiere at Sundance before it comes out on VOD and it's going to be coming. You said Showtime as well, right? Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, it's, so it'll be at Sundance on January 22nd uh, and then it'll be on, on Showtime on January 30th and VOD after it drops on Showtime on January 30th. On that's January. fantastic. So. Mr. Bell, Kamal, thank you so Kamal, much. For yeah, no, we, we now we, we we've, you can't have this kind of conversation until we like keep it formal. I am giving you a flowers like that. That thank is you. a respect for the thing that you have done, because what what I really respect for you with you about this is this is no easy task. Right. The thing that you did, there are some people on the Internet right now, like, how could yeah. you do this? Why would you yeah. do this? Yeah, so yeah. they're on my Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for sitting with me. And again, thank you for making this documentary. I hope it does. Well. Thank you for, thank you for watching. Tell your wife I said thank you too. Will do. Thank you. That was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the last thing I'd like to say to you is, you know, I have never talked to anybody that's also an alum of the lab school. So oh my God. Yeah, I know. Right. I mean, you must be, what year were you? It's going to be like 2008 or something. So said. I, <laughs> no, I went there for grade school. So I was there, um, Actually, grades all of all of my grade school. So I was there from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade. Okay, what you didn't go to high school. school? I graduated high school in two thousand and one. Yep. I don't want to hear that. Move on. What? <laughs> what? Not that kidding. much older than you're not that much older than me. I mean, that, class of nineteen ninety, sir. Uh, yeah, respect your elders. <laughs> <laughs> this, I didn't dye my beard gray for effect. This is all. <laughs>
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.